Today's show is brought to you by India Partners. They help rescue children. You can find out more at lifewithlisawilliams.com. Hashtag thanks for listening. I believe that stories are powerful, and it's important to testify of God's uh, greatness and the things he's done in our lives. And I think that it's all for a greater purpose, and that is to encourage others. So I just am thankful for the chance to share my story, and hopefully God will use it to just shine some light in some dark places today. This is This is This is Life with Lisa Williams. Today on Life with Lisa Williams, you'll hear part one of Leslie Bauer's story of living with depression and the healing she's experienced. And Leslie shares how God continues to bring hope and healing into her daily fight to walk in the light. Mine is a story of hope. That's my main message. God is a God of hope. And I was feeling a little anxious about sharing this story, Lisa, recently just because I kind of feel like I had this perfect story and testimony back about a year ago that was just perfectly wrapped like Pinterest worthy with a pretty bow on top and just just the way I would like it as being a born perfectionist all my life and God said no I have some other plans for that and took me down some twists and turns recently in the, in the last year that made me kind of wonder oh boy feeling a little insecure about how how is this going to sound and so he took me through a little bit of a journey there and I heard a song on the radio one day by Big Daddy Weave, who I love. It's called My Story. And the first line of this this song is, um, if I told you my story, you would hear hope that wouldn't let go. And that's kind of been a big theme for me, like hope. If I told you my story, you would hear hope that wouldn't let go. And that's been my story. My hope is in the Lord. I'm anchored in the Lord, and just my my daily prayer is just to keep my eyes on Him through everything He's doing, and just just my hope, solid in Him, because He's the solid rock. He's unchanging where my circumstances may, my story may morph and change in ways that I wouldn't have written it, but God has a plan, and He is the hope um, of the world. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, mine is a story of depression. I, I have a journey, a long life journey with depression, and um, recently have kind of come to terms with the fact that my story is is God's story, and He's written it perfectly, just the way He wants it to be. And I heard an awesome quote recently. Um, author Dr. Tim Evans says, "When you realize God's purpose for your life isn't just about you, He will use you in a mighty way." And God's really been showing me that lately. This, my story and all of its twists and turns is not just about me. And it's for the purpose of encouraging others that are suffering with a similar affliction to show them that there's hope and there's light and there's, for their situation. Um, and then in that, just accepting that my story is God's and then holding it loosely, that I would be ready at a moment's notice to share it and to testify of God's amazing love and power and give it generously away. So that's kind of my calling now. So anyways, let me just launch into my story. My journey with depression started way back when I was a little girl. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. I was blessed to have two parents that were um, devoted believers. And so really didn't have a whole lot of darkness in my in my world as far as situational or trauma or, you know, dysfunction. 
uh, much, you know, we're all human beings, imperfect, but nothing glaring that would have caused a situational depression. Um, I grew up in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. The sun's always shining, which is a great thing for me, it turns out. We moved to Portland, Oregon when I was in going to fourth grade. And that was the first time that my mom noticed there's something a little dark in my life. Um, I definitely, my moods were responding to the, the rainy weather and just kind of feeling a little down. We ended up staying there for three years and then moving back to Phoenix, which was great, back to the sunshine. Um, and at that point, the, the seasonal affective disorder is what it's called when you're, when you're affected by the, the seasons, the amount of sunlight outside. That just kind of dissipated and didn't show up until I was uh, 19. So uh, grew up, went to Baylor University in 97 and had an awesome freshman year, just amazing amazing year. And then after this really surreal high experience, just love and life freshman year at Baylor, just crashed into my sophomore year, like nose dove, just tanked. And 19 to 20 is a really common age for people to, if they're going to experience depression for whatever reason, I don't know what the science is behind that, but it's just a really common age. Um, so that's exactly what happened to me. 19 years old, just dove. Um, into a chemical depression, um, again, not situational, chemical. And my lowest point, I remember I was laying on the floor of my apartment bedroom and I just was done. I had nothing left. I was done with this life. I had no will to, left to live. Just pleading with the Lord to, to take me, that I could just go to heaven and be done with all the problems and just the oppressive darkness that was just covering me like a wet blanket. And I felt like I couldn't do anything to crawl my way out. I was just hopeless. My hope was gone and my joy was gone. Thank the Lord I didn't have the courage to go through with that. I didn't make plans to, to take my own life. Um, and my mom thankfully stepped in. I told my mom, um, depression is a very genetic problem and this is something that's been rampant in my family. So my mom knew, knew it for what it was right away and got me in touch with a, a psychiatrist there in Waco, Texas. So thankfully, I found help with my mom's help and ended up in a doctor's office and kind of began my journey with uh, being medicated for depression. Uh, I, in, at that point, I was diagnosed with major depression, severe and generalized anxiety disorder. And I kind of, with that diagnosis, kind of took that on almost as my new identity, like a badge that I kind of wore. I felt like it defined me. You know, that's not the truth, but that's how I experienced it and started retracting into a, my shell socially. Didn't want to be with people anymore. I didn't want to talk to people about it because especially back then, nowadays, people know more, more about depression these days. You know, back then it wasn't that long ago, but there wasn't quite as much awareness surrounding the problem. So I really felt like I had to brush it under the rug and I really didn't tell many people at all. Um, and I experienced, um, I was very thankful for medication. I needed it. I mean, it saved me. I needed, I had a very chemical depression and I needed medication to balance me out. And I'm thankful for that blessing. I believe um, that many of us need that in order to balance us out so that we can function and be stable. Um, God gives scientists the, the wisdom to develop these medications and doctors the wisdom to prescribe them. And I'm, I'm thankful for that in my life. And um, I tell people regularly, don't dismiss that option. Medication can save you. But 
with that, good and the bad, there, there were side effects that I had to deal with, the foggy memory, um, kind of just flat line, no highs, no lows, lots of different, different side effects and um, kind of a blurred experience of life, like blurry lenses. And it was tire- tiring at times because my doctors would say, well, this isn't an, ex- an exact science. We have to be patient and we would have to wait. And, and oftentimes a medication would start working and then poop out is what they call it. It stops working all of a sudden. And you're feeling great. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore. And then you have to re- you know, go back to the drawing board and find a new medication. So that was, that's can be a tiresome prospect. But again, um, medication can, can really help. My doctors told me, many different doctors throughout the years as I moved graduated, moved on from uh, Waco, that my depression was so chemical that I would probably be on medication my whole life. And I I accepted that. I didn't like it much, but I accepted it out of necessity. Never really made peace with that, but that was kind of my reality that I had to accept. Um, so during college, I, I met my husband back my freshman year, at the end of my freshman year, uh, and then, like I said, nosedove my sophomore year into depression. So my husband now who we just celebrated 14 years this past May. So my husband has walked with me through depression from the basically from the time he met me. And he'll tell anyone that it hasn't been an easy journey. It's it's very difficult for someone to understand that has never experienced depression, what it's like. And it's equally difficult for someone who has had depression like me to explain that to him. It's just like you can't get there. Understanding why you can't just flip a switch and turn it off and snap out of it. So got married in 2001, then we became pregnant, I became pregnant with our first child in 2004, and that was awesome. It was amazing, um, as it should be, but also riddled with anxiety and, and new problems, because with a baby comes, it's, it's another life, and we had to wrestle with some hard choices, number one being um, whether I was going to stay on the medication, and Again, my doctors had concurred that I needed to be probably on medication my whole life, and it was not going to be a good thing if I went off. So my psychiatrist at the time advised me to stay on the medication. Um, Of course, we all know what's best for the baby is no medication. That's the ideal. Um, But I trusted in my doctor and his wisdom, and he advised me to stay on the medication, that that would be the most beneficial in the long run for for my health to, to help me remain stable and thereby give my baby the best chance. So we, we went with that. Um, Lillian Camille was born in 2005. Perfect, beautiful. That was a blessing. Um, at the same time, I don't want to diminish the, the choice we had to make. That was a really hard choice to choose medication. And it was preparing me for a, even a harder choice that would come down the road in a few years. But uh, there was a lot of guilt there as a mom. You don't want to be exposing your baby to anything harmful. And that's just a tough one. So that was something, it's, it, that was a lot of wrestling with, uh, with God and with that choice. Then in 2007, we became pregnant again with, with my son Carson. And by this time, over the last two and a half years, my doctor had decided, you know, I think your depression is not so much general depression, I think maybe it's bipolar two, which is the less severe of the two bipolars. And it requires a whole different class of medications, which are class C, which are not considered safe in pregnancy. So this was the this was the choice the Lord had with the last episode with my daughter had had led me up to um, this was an even harder choice because this medication was not safe. 
And we had to decide, again, my doctor was advising us, you know, it's better for you to remain on the medication, it keeps you stable, and thereby gives the baby the best chance. So he felt that the benefits of staying on outweighed the, the risks. But the risks were there, and they were looming, and they were, they were scary. Um, cleft palate was one of the main maladies that could happen to my baby as a result of the medication. We just had to pray our way through that time and it was it was terrifying um and just really give that sweet boy to the lord and uh god was faithful and uh in 2008 carson was born healthy you know unaffected by the medication no cleft palate it was a very humbling experience because um the lord had carried him and very clearly protected him in in my womb and the lord was faithful um then we had a a pretty big blow soon thereafter, um, pretty much after I was finished breastfeeding Carson, my doctor decided, by the way, when you are depressed and you're under the care of a physician, you have pretty much monthly checkups just, or every six weeks checking in, seeing how you're doing. So I was continually going to see doctors during all this time of my journey with depression. Um, so checking back in with my doctor after breastfeeding, he decided, you know, I just am not so sure that you're bipolar too after all. I think actually you're just depressed like you were before. And I just, it was, this is one of those things where now, Lisa, when I look back on that, I'm just amazed at how the Lord carried me through that and enabled me to keep it together because that was a blow. I mean, in the world's, by the world's standards, that made the whole effort useless. All of it, all the fear, all the um, just turmoil, trying to decide what was best. It was for nothing because I didn't have to be on that medication the whole time. Um, and boy, was that a faith building experience because the Lord, you know, he just, he, he carried me. He helped me to kind of march on, kind of unruffled, keep my joy intact and march on with hope. And I just, now I look back and just am amazed that he, he did that for me, that I was able to move on because, of course, one, one prone to depression and anxiety, I mean, I, it could have wrecked me right then. The Lord was using all these trials to grow my faith in him, and uh, I'm thankful for all of it, as hard as it, as it, as it was. So after that, I kind of started realizing over the next few years that I, you know, I was just feeling better. I was on less medication. At times in my journey, I was on four different medications all mixed together, kind of like a cocktail of, you know, my doctors were trying to find the right mix and the right, what was going to help me the most. And I was realizing, you know, I really only have like one bottle, one pill bottle on my bathroom counter now. And I'm just, fe I was feeling better. And that was a good feeling. Um, my husband and I went on a, uh, a marriage retreat in the fall of 2010. And at the marriage retreat, we were doing a cross-referencing biblical exercise. And I came across the passage in Ezekiel 34, 12, which says, I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds of, and darkness. And after the cross-referencing exercise, during which I felt the Lord really speaking to my heart through that passage, clouds and darkness and these, these images that really resonated with me, having just lived a a life of depression and, and such the contrast of light and dark. So we were discussing that after in, in a group setting, in a small group setting, and I kind of spilled my secret of depression because like I said before, I really kept it under wraps and I didn't want to talk to many people about that. I did not share with many. 
And I felt a vulnerable, you know, a transparent moment and shared my story with the group, the small group. And at that point, one of the um, facilitators of the retreat told me that she had a word for me. And she quoted uh, John 8, 12, which says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And she said to me, Leslie, God doesn't want you to remain in the darkness forever. He wants you to live in the light. That was amazing. And it started kind of a, a snowball of, a, of momentum in my life and took me, the Lord was starting me on this journey of, um, well, what it was, was, was healing and kind of realizing my healing. And he started really um, using a lot of confirmations and uh, a lot of the imagery of light, like songs and scriptures and confirmations from people. And it started just becoming really um, a theme in my life. And I thought, well, you know, maybe maybe healing is um, a re- could be a reality for me. And I around this time, also, we joined a small group at my church. I started to get to know the uh, the facilitator's wife. My um, my new friend, it turns out, had a strikingly similar story to me. So so much so that it it was just obvious it was not a coincidence. I mean, we had identical stories, and hers ended in in healing. God healed her, and so that really challenged me to you know start thinking more seriously about this and praying about it. Lord, would this is this something that you would have for me? And I. I had kind of settled into this, uh, I think, belief over the years that my faith in God was solid and strong, and I knew God could do anything, and He could heal me if He wanted to in a, in a second. But I didn't think that was what He had for me. And I don't know why I thought that. I just thought this I was just going to kind of be stuck in this, and maybe I was just listening to the what my doctors had said all along. You're going to be in this forever, and you're going to be on medication forever, and it's your reality, and you might as well accept it. But I started thinking outside that. And uh, I started praying, Lord, do you have healing for me? And I decided to pray about going to the healing room, which is a healing ministry at our church. And when I started praying about that, the Lord kind of unleashed, he had, I mentioned he had started this snowball of momentum, kind of just with these images of light and these confirmations in my life, showing me that he was up to something, but I wasn't quite sure what. And he there was one week where it kind of culminated in just all of these um, confirmations and leadings and, and images of light just f- kind of flooded me, really, like flooded light into my kind of the, the dark, dusty rooms of my, of my soul and flooded it with light. And in, it's just amazing and hard to put to words the ways that just it was overwhelming, the ways he was confirming this. At the end of it, he said to me, Leslie, I have healed you already. I already did it. It is done. And I wanted to heal you before you had a chance to think you had a part in it. And I, ever the perfectionist, ever the control, controlling woman, I was ready to affect a change and grab on and and manipulate my healing. And God said, no, I've already done it. You're done. It was amazing. It was a miracle um, that God had allowed me to experience and live. And it was an amazing feeling. And I, I called my doctor the next day and I'm sure he thought I was crazy because he wasn't a believer, but I said, I'm done. I'm done with medication and, and I'm healed. And I asked him to give me the plan for weaning down. You don't, you never want to start, stop an antidepressant or any sort of medication, cold turkey, you want to wean down to make it safe. So went off the medication and I experienced an amazing four year period of freedom. 
um, freedom from medication where before I had, it was my reality. My doctors had spoken over me that I would not ever be off medication, but God um, worked a miracle in my life. I was off for four years free, no symptoms, no medication, no nothing. Um, During this time, interestingly, even though God had flooded my life and I was so on fire for him and just my faith had had been um, grown so exponentially because of this miracle he'd done in my life. At the same time, though, I was just, I don't know, just excited to march forward and plunge onward with my life. And I just kind of wanted to leave that whole journey behind and just never revisit it again. Now, one thing that I need to mention is that when the Lord gave me that message that he had healed me, he said something else right after that. And that was, now you need to go out and testify of this and share your story of what I've done in your life with others. And it wasn't that I was disobedient during this time. I obediently, when the opportunity presented itself, I shared and I was able to encourage um, friends, but I didn't go out of my way. And what happened at the end of this four year period, which ended last fall, a year ago, is the Lord said, I'm doing something different. I need to do something in you. And and what he did is he decided that um, he needed to break my heart for this affliction of depression. I don't know if I mentioned before, but one in four women will deal with depression at some point in their lives. And, you know, whether it comes on at around age 19, 20, which is very common, whether it's postpartum depression, whether it's chemical, um, situational depression, that's a huge number and it's it's rampant and prevalent and it's a huge problem and the lord gave me this story for a reason like i mentioned at the beginning and that purpose is bigger than me and so the lord needed to break my heart for this problem and tell me that i needed to stop running from it and moving on with my life and i needed to camp there for a while tomorrow on life with lisa williams Hear the rest of Leslie's story of how God continues to heal and help her face depression. To reach out to Leslie Bauer or to read about her journey with depression, come to lifewithlisawilliams.com.